Coming up, the Knights of Soken podcast. Your favorite source for Star Wars and gaming debate starts now. Hey y'all, welcome to the Soken Podcast Episode 6, Lights, Camera, Action. Blue here, and filling in for Astrock this week is Roz Winters what up? and Jace Drayson. Jace Drayson! Oh, come on, man. Did you like how I did that right there? What's that? was so high. Look at that. I, love that. <laughs> I like how Blue started with y'all. Yeah, y'all. Nice and Southern. It was nice. What's going on, Jace? How was the week, man? It's been, uh, it's been really eventful since the last podcast. Um, as you as you well know, Soken has been in about every genre of video game you can imagine, and uh, still sticking with Swotor, of course. Well, I mean, but, that's uh, always going to be the primary. But you know, as a community, we got to get out there and see what's there. You know what I mean? We got to get yeah, out there yeah. and check out the other games, see Spreading what the hype the is. Spreading the brand, absolutely. Of Test course. it out at least for nothing for nothing else. <laughs> well, we have a really interesting show for y'all today. We are going to discuss some streaming versus traditional TV programming, a review of the movies coming out this year, and a debate about light side versus dark side with special guests from both the Wars and the Knights of Soken. That, that does sound like it's going to be pretty awesome, but I, I, uh, I heard a rumor about your dark side, Blue. Is it true? Dun, dun. You'll have to tell me what that rumor is. I, I don't know if I can say it on the podcast. I mean, it's going to be in the in public forums. There's probably a rating, and uh, but the rumor was pretty. I mean, it was pretty dark. You go there. You go there. I mean, let's just let's just say right. It's it's R-rated. Maybe Jace. Is that where you're going with it? I don't know. PG PG-13 at the PG-13 very least. PG-13 at the very least. That's being modest. <laughs> but you can say words in PG-13 now, Blue. <laughs> I mean, if you want to ask about it, Jace, you know I'll answer your question. Okay, maybe after the show, maybe we'll go to okay. private channel. I'll meet All you right. in Master Padawan Room 1. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> what a great use of, use of our Master Padawan Rooms right yeah. there. Huh? <laughs> so, so much good training being done. Yeah, I, I just want to say how, it's awesome to be here with you guys. I appreciate uh, the invite from, from Jason and Blue. You know, Jason and I, we kind of butt heads every now and then. You know, we don't always see eye to eye. No, I, I've never even really liked you, to be perfectly honest. But, but well, I think we'll fine. probably be good on the show together. But You, you know, know your, your hair looks stupid, so... There's that. <laughs> what oh, I mean, even though you're tall, dark, and handsome, that doesn't mean I have to like you. Well, hey, Blue, I got a question for you, by the way. Uh oh. Can you tell me the story of Trim's lightsaber? That that keeps coming up. I keep hearing all about it. And I just want to know, like, from the source, what's up with Trim's lightsaber? So, it- Trim and I participated in a cross faction RP a while back, and he lost to another council member, Xenox. Um. And, you know, we have the rule where you can't do anything to a character without their permission. And obviously, you know, Trem didn't want to die yet. Um, so as a result, instead of murdering Trem, Xenax stole his lightsaber. And now there are three council members who, dark council members, who have his lightsaber crystals and use them to kill people. I mostly like that it makes him have an aneurysm when someone brings it up. Poor Trem. He, he does get slow. He gets so upset, but I do want to say, y'all punked my boy. I'm not going to sit by and let that happen. All right. (laughs) Let's (laughs) move on. So our first segment, online streaming, dominated by Netflix and Hulu versus traditional TV programming. Cable viewership has been declining for the past few years, ratings going down even though shows like Walking Dead and Game of Thrones are incredibly popular. Why do you think this is happening, guys? 
Easy. Um, because because there is a new avenue for art, and I, and I I say avenue for art because when people have a way to create that isn't as regulated as say a network or or, or a cable channel. Um, when you have a, an open forum, an open place to create, then the creation process is quality. Um, that's not to say that the old old way is bad necessarily, but you've got this new way to get programming out there, and people are jumping on it um, while it's fresh and new in order to mark their territory. It's like it's like the uh, land rush. Well, so, I mean, listen, man. This is the way I see it. Is people are getting more. It's it's becoming easier, right? It's so much easier for you to pull up your Xbox or whatever you got, you know, whatever system you use, and just hit Netflix or hit your Hulu versus trying to wait until nine o'clock in the evening sometimes where you're at to wait to stay up and watch a TV show. So what they're giving you is convenience, right? It's much cheaper. It's convenient for you to sit around and watch it at your own timetable versus watching the time that they provide for you. So, I mean, creation here and there, eh, not so much. It's convenient. That's the point of it. That's that's the way I see it. Roz, you sound like an old dude. DVRs have been around for a long time. Convenience, to me, isn't really on the table. Yes, it is cheaper. Cable television is way too expensive. It's a racket, in fact, and I'll go on record just to say it. But I really feel like it's more about the content than it is about the the method or the the, the, the via the way you're getting the, the stuff there's really this this whole idea that you can have quality great drama programming uh, comedy in in a way that's not that's delivered completely different than the paradigm the paradigm is completely shifted in the last few years and it's really paying off for these upstarts that like Netflix and Hulu that that if, you know several years ago they weren't these big businesses that were competing now they're competing with the likes of freaking HBO that's huge well, as much as I don't disagree with your old old man comment, I will say this. You kind of <laughs> shot your own argument because you stated that it's crazy expensive. As a person that pays for cable right now, I pay over $200 a month for a DVR system. That's only one box, Jace. One box in my living room. I pay $200. I don't even get HBO. That is, I have to pay $15 extra a month for HBO. So to say that it's not convenient and cheaper is crazy. That's why people are going to these things like Netflix and Hulu because you can sit there and pay nine ten dollars a month 20 i think i don't even know i think 20 is the premium price for hulu and you can watch all this stuff commercial free and at your own discretion that's what it's all about people want to be able to come home from work sit down after they get out of the shower with a meal and watch their tv show and not have to wait until nine o'clock on the night that it comes on to see it if they want to watch it the next day at five in the afternoon that's what it's all about well okay i'll, I'll see some of that but you know, TiVo's been around for a long time, and that has nothing to do with your, your cable provider. I really feel like it's... I mean, I do agree. There, are, Hulu, you're still going to watch commercials. If you're watching new shows, um, you still have the commercial breaks, and they you cannot fast-forward through them. So if you're TiVoing or uh, recording something on your DVR, you can get through your commercials a lot faster if you've got it on cable TV. I really don't think that that's, the, that's what's shifting. I think... I well, really let me let me stop it. Let me interject. And I'll correct myself that I just I just found the information. Eleven ninety nine now for Hulu Plus. That's commercial free. Right? It's not commercial, commercial free? free. I have that. I have to commercial watch commercial free for Hulu Plus. Eleven ninety nine a month. Bitch, I better upgrade then. I think I'm paying. You $8. need to check <laughs> it out because eleven ninety nine for Hulu Hulu Plus. That's commercial free. Think about it. Commercial free at your own time. HBO and AMC they don't have those uh, capabilities. They're they're liable through contracts with these other companies such as Cox Cable, Times Time Warner, 
DirecTV, they have to they have to abide by these people because you think about it, Time Time Warner and DirecTV, they get their money from people who are paying them to have their ads displayed on a what a 20, 30 minute interval, right, on the TV channel. So that's where they're getting their revenue from. They're never going to have the capability like a Netflix or a Hulu to decide how they control their commercials or how viewers are able to view their program. It's never going to happen like that. Okay, perhaps. Perhaps some of that I can I can get on board with. But I still go back to my original point that I feel like it's the content, uh, the, the programming that you're actually getting through these, these uh, companies that don't have... Uh, oversight, like like uh, broadcasting companies have to go by. Broadcast TV has a lot of um, you know FCC regulations they've got to go by. Where Netflix, they can put any old naked person on a TV show, or Hulu can put any old language they want to put. So so your art is a little more free, and cool. their their content is is genuinely feeling better than what the networks are putting out. But when you talk about content, you're talking about shows <laughs> like AMC. I mean, yeah, there are some points of your, of your, of your argument that are, are good, and I'll say that. But when we're talking about show, TV channels like AMC and HBO, I mean, what content are you getting on, H, on Hulu and Netflix that you aren't getting on the actual television program? The only thing that you're missing is commercials, and I know with HBO you're, you're, you don't have to see the commercials anyway, but you have to pay a subscription for that, so that makes sense. No, no, listen, HBO content you cannot get on Netflix, you cannot get on Hulu. It is it is exclusive. You've you've got to have the HBO Go app, which right. means you've got to have an HBO you have to have it right. contract or a subscription in place. So like Game of Thrones, you're not going to watch that on Netflix or Hulu. You're well, but I, and that's and that goes to saying too that I'll I'll give it within a year HBO will have sold out to Netflix. Why? Because they're going to make more money that way because they're going to take a piece of what netflix and hulu is getting so within the year you'll be able to view hbo shows on netflix and i, and uh, I could be wrong but i'm i'll be willing to put my put my name and my money on that you will be able to get it in the next year. we'll see we'll see they've had some really good shows coming out in the past that are yet to be on netflix they're only available on the uh, hbo go uh, app now they they have made it where you don't necessarily have to have an, uh, a subscription to hbo in order to get the content on the app you can pay for just the app, which is kind of an upgrade. So HBO is kind of going the route of they're you're kind of going with this flow, this new paradigm of you pay for this, you know, separate little provider of, of entertainment. So they're kind of and, getting on board. And you're right, and, and maybe it is a case that within a year or so that we see HBO develop their own system as of as of Netflix or, or something of that of that nature. And, and that's a possibility, but I really do believe within the next year, year and a half, maybe two years, you will see Netflix and Hulu dominating the television market. It's ridiculous what they've already, what they're already doing now. Well, and they so... already dominate my house. All right. <laughs> so moving on. What about Hulu versus Netflix? When you, I mean, most people go to Netflix for movies and Hulu for TV, but lately Hulu's been moving in on the movie market. So are you sticking with Netflix or you going with both? I mean, I have both. Do you have both? I have both. <sighs> I don't have Hulu. I haven't invested my money in Hulu yet. And maybe that's because I'm still old-fashioned and I am paying $200 for cable. Because <laughs> 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 my wallet's just taking a beating every month. But, you know, I can see myself here in the future. I mean, uh, We've talked about uh, the family. We've talked about getting rid of the TV and just going with the internet Hulu Netflix package. Um, and it, and it's it's a possibility, and the reason being is because you're getting the same content as you are with cable. So I mean, but between Hulu and Netflix, I mean, Hulu is offering the better product right now. I mean, Netflix has not came out with a commercial-free subscription or anything anything of that nature. Um, garbage, I mean, garbage. 
that's completely incorrect. I don't agree with that in the slightest. First of all, I don't have cable at all. I use satellite, and I have uh, Hulu, and I have Netflix. Netflix is all about getting more. Like, Netflix has everything old. Hulu is about getting things faster. So you've got the most recent episodes of your shows coming on Hulu, where you have to wait to the end of the season. Not to me. Have you ever binge-watched eight seasons of something on Netflix? I have. My TV asks me all the time, are you still there? Are you still watching this? Yes, yes, bitch, I didn't. I'm not, I'm not turning it off. Yeah, that's true, right? But the point, the, my point is that that's all old, man. I could have watched that shit when I was in the time that it came out. But now I want to see the next episode of The Walking Dead, the next episode of Game of Thrones, right now, today. When I'm, I'm sitting down, I'm, I, I want to see it. That's not well, you know what I'm saying. I want to see the next big TV show right now. I don't want to have to no. wait for 12 how long do you think it comes out for Netflix? Um, three months after eight, eight it months, airs? Probably. I mean, yes, three it's months a long is being time. nice. No, I have Hulu, and I'm with you. I agree. I, I do love to watch my shows, my current shows, like all my uh, my superhero shows for Flash, Arrow, uh, Agents of Shield. I watch all that stuff on Hulu because it's at my convenience. Like <laughs> you have intrigued me with this upgrade. I may pay three dollars a month more, <laughs> so I don't have to watch commercials. It's worth right it. Right now, I'm watching them, but Net- Hulu doesn't give me what Netflix does. And I have to say, as far as original programming goes, Netflix is beating the hell out of Hulu. Uh, and that's fine. But I, who cares about original programming? People ah! want to see what's happening on the, the big screen TV, on the big time television, te- you know, television networks. That's what they want to see. And so when you talk about, I have to wait eight to nine months to be able to see the new episodes of a TV show. It's not worth it. So if I, if I'm just a Netflix user, I have to have cable too. There are badass shows on Netflix. Dude, have you seen Daredevil? Daredevil Season 2 is coming out within the week. Uh, Electra's gonna have a show. Listen, there are really, really good original programming come out on Netflix. And, it, and Hulu might so have you're a telling me bit. Full, you're telling me Fuller House was a good program? Hey, I'll, I'll never get over it, Kimmy. Stephanie is where it's all at, I'm just saying. Alright, one last question about this. Does Netflix kind of win a little bit because they have the mail order DVDs to your door? No, Who absolutely not. What? I have the red box right down the road. If I want to see something on a, what is that called? A DVD? It's like ancient history, man. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of back in the day when Blockbuster was still in business and you'd yeah. go to Blockbuster <laughs> and they would send you movies to your house and when you were done, you would return to the store and you could get three new. What is that? I was like 15 <laughs> when that came out back in the day. They're not winning at all by doing that. If they Until they become and have a premium package like Hulu does, they're going to continue to suffer and fall behind. It, it's just inevitable. They need to get with the program, man. That's the only thing that they can do at this point. I think I do think they're with the program. I think Netflix has got it. That's got crap. It you know it's crap. Okay. Have you watched Daredevil? No, and nobody has. You're the only one. What? You've lost your damn mind. There's a whole... <laughs> like, they're renewing these seasons left and right. Since 8 was one of the that's best, because that's all most that they innovative to, shows. The, Orange is the New Black, House of Cards. Oh, these are... These are critically acclaimed. They're winning awards, Emmys, and crap. And that's, that's all fine, Danny. But do you will you see any of those shows on AMC when you or, or TNT or TBS when you log on to cable? No, you will not. I don't watch those stations. Well, that's that's why, and that and you are the minority, my friend. And on that note, we're moving on. And on to the Sokin 2016 movie review. The movie everybody's talking about right now is Deadpool. I haven't seen it yet, so how was it, guys? So good. I mean, 
So good. It was really, really good. It was extremely entertaining. And what made it out of the box was, first of all, it ex- it happens in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So it's it's in that genre of superhero, but they pushed the envelope and made it a rated R movie, which everyone knows, and it really made all the difference. I want to first just say thank you, Ryan Reynolds, for redeeming yourself from the freaking Green Lantern. Jesus. I mean, can everybody agree, right? The Green Lantern was so bad, and he completely flipped the script and did so freaking fantastic in this movie it was it was ridiculous it was so awesome to watch the comics that you read as a kid come to life on the big screen that you just i just thought that it would never happen i thought deadpool would never get its time to shine and it was it was nailed it was perfect yeah well they took deadpool down the wrong path in that uh that that wolverine movie they they had it it was the wrong choice for deadpool for anybody who's a deadpool fan or not even a fan for anybody who knows who deadpool is in the comic books that just wasn't the dude this this movie redeemed the whole thing and it set the whole tone for 2016 being the golden genre year for superheroes. Mm. Spoiler alert, but did you like how you went at Wolverine from the, right at the beginning of the movie? Yeah, I did. <laughs> it was so fun. <laughs> yeah, it kind of made me tingle. Uh, I mean, I laughed pretty hard, but I will say, like, there wasn't... When you look back at the movie and it's hard to find something about it that I didn't really like. Um, you know, most movies I can, I can nitpick and I can look through and go, hmm... I wasn't a fan of this or I wasn't a fan of that, but we're talking about Deadpool. There wasn't, I didn't, a moment in the movie that I didn't like. Well, I can nitpick. I don't, I have a very, very strong aversion to breaking the fourth wall in film. And the, the fourth wall was almost non-existent through the entire film. And I understand it fit the tone and it fit the character, but it, it really brought me out of the immersion that I get from movies like Avengers. So in those films, you're just so enmeshed in it. This one really reminded me a lot of the times that it was a movie by breaking the fourth wall. Deadpool is takes you know what this is the thing about Deadpool it's your comic relief right when you come home from a hard day or you're stressed out and you open up a, a movie or a comic book and Deadpool's making jokes about everything under the sun and it, you know what most of the time it's gonna relate with something that probably happened to you in the day that you just had <laughs> and it's gonna yeah. you're gonna laugh your ass off and it's gonna make you feel so much better because someone is writing a story about just an average everyday dude who got a terrible power <laughs> i mean it's just it is what it is right? Ross, you're so weird <laughs> <laughs> but it's the truth it's the truth uh, okay next so, question <laughs> what movies are you guys looking forward to this year superman batman superman well, batman i probably uh, it's a it's a rip because this is a strong year for movies but between Superman, Batman, and Rogue One, I think those are probably my top, top, top. And then Civil War too, uh, Captain America. But Superman, Batman, there's something in that that has me feeling like it might change my life. Well, and what's what that feeling is, is how is Ben Affleck going to do as Batman? Everybody yeah. wants to know, right? Yeah, and me and you were talking behind the scenes, and, and we have kind of a differing view on, on how we think he's going to do. I think he's going to knock it. I think that people are going to leave the theater talking about Ben Affleck's performance as Batman. Batman. Yeah, in a garbage way, and that's no. just my opinion. And here's the thing, right? I'm a Batman enthusiast, right? I Adam West, Val Kilmer, right? Even Christian Bale was a good Batman. Man, when they said Ben Affleck was the best Batman, my heart dropped. It's nothing against Ben Affleck. He's a great guy, whatever. I mean, he's done a lot of movies. I get it, but he's just not the Batman persona that you think of when you think of 
Bruce Wayne. I don't think of Ben Affleck, and it's just he's gonna have to prove me wrong, Jace. He's, he's gonna, gonna have prove to you do wrong. It. He's not he's gonna, gonna have to. He's to. gonna because I think you're exactly wrong. I think he is. I think he makes the perfect Bruce Wayne. He has that tragic ability. He can act through a tragic scene, a tragic film, and and make you feel compassion towards him make you kind of take the journey with with him and that's what batman's all about it's about a tragic character who has taken his his past his pain and essentially become a hero through it and I, okay sure but do i fear him when he's in the bat suit and he's flying around gotham in the dark am i scared do i feel like man this guy could really hurt somebody and he's just a human right he's fighting a freaking all uh, might as well be a god. Superman might as well be a god. He's an all-powerful being. I'm not afraid of Ben Affleck. He doesn't give me that terror feeling like, oh man, Batman is a badass. It just doesn't give it to me. And, I, and that's what I want in my Batman. I don't know. I disagree. I think that he, he does have the ability to give depth to a comic book role. I mean, Batman by nature, or no, no. Batman historically has lent itself to camp. And I hate when Batman is campy. I don't like that Adam West Batman. I don't like Val Kilmer Batman. I don't like oh, George Clooney you Batman. You are insulting every Batman. Oh, no. George Clooney. No one can talk about George Clooney I, Batman. I like my Batman to be the Dark Knight. I want to see that darkness. I want to see that human side of the hero. And what's going to be great about this movie is the fact that the human side of the hero is Ben Affleck's Batman standing up against, like you said, the god of Superman is going to have depth. I don't think we've yet to see the the depth that he's going to bring to Batman. He's really going to have to bring it home. I really think so. <laughs> Calling it. You know, and that's we'll have to wait to find out on that one. But there's one thing about this movie that's really got me worried, right? And I think everybody is getting the title says Batman versus Superman, but I think everyone is getting so excited for that and and this is my personal view, right? The most interesting character in this movie is going to be Lex Luthor. I promise you. Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor will be the most interesting character in this movie. Put that down. Mark my words. It's going to be the best. Meh. So what I other think... movies are you looking forward to other Rogue than One. Batman? <laughs> well, of course. Jason's it's hard. It's hard. I'm very much looking for Rogue One. That's towards the end of the year. But for summertime movies, um, okay, I'm a little bit of a kid at heart. I am looking forward to Jungle Book. But, but <gasps> once we get to May... It is two Marvel juggernauts back-to-back, Captain America Civil War and X-Men Apocalypse. I could die. I'll go with you to Jungle Book. (laughs) I want to throw an honorable mention in there, and that's Suicide Squad. Um, I know people are crazy diehard fans for this movie, and it's going to be killer. Um, I'm so excited to see that movie. I I won't elaborate on it too much. We'll we'll go into what you talked about um, with... uh, with Rogue One and definitely, definitely. I, uh, I am yeah, not I excited just... about Suicide Squad. Not oh, don't, in don't these break my heart, Jace. Don't I'm really break not. Heart. I'm not. I don't care about it. I, there's nothing that makes me want to go see it. I'm. I'm. No, that's not true. I will see the movie, but I'm just not excited about it. Of course, you're gonna see the movie because you are excited about it. Duh. <laughs> no, you don't get to tell me how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do what I want. But the problem is this, right? Even if you're not excited about it, right? There's never, and you can. I think you can agree with me on this. There has not been a movie, a superhero movie, made to this caliber, to this direction, right? And, and you're interested to see how it goes, how it plays out. Interest and excitement are different for me. Yes, I am interested to see how it goes. But, but first of all, I've never been a fan of the Suicide Squad in comic book form. I'm not a fan of watching 
villains. I, I, here's, here's what I'm excited about in Suicide Squad. The Batman cameo. I hear there's a Batman mm. cameo in it. That's what I'm looking forward to. The That's fact that it's taking place in that universe. But I, I don't really... I don't need to feel close to villains. I don't need to understand the villain. I want there to be a good villain, somebody that's going to stand up to my hero, but I want to watch the hero. It's the same way I feel about Gotham, the TV mm-hmm. show. I'm not interested in watching villains come to power. I want to see a Batman show. And Suicide well, you, Squad is kind of like just the background show to Batman. Well, but in Gotham, you I mean, if you do watch Gotham and you're an enthusiast as am I, right? I love Gotham. You love watching Jim Gordon. Right, Jim Gordon. Jim, Go- what? Jim Gordon is it's exactly what show. you just described. It's Jim a cop Gordon show. is the villain that stands up to your hero. He flirts with darkness every single day. Yeah, but I don't care. I want to okay. see Batman in my. So Batman. you just don't care. That's what we're getting at. Got it. You don't. It's <laughs> you not. It's, you just don't care. That makes sense. But let's let's go well, on. I don't. I don't care too much about it. <laughs> let's move on. Let's talk about your baby, Rogue One. Well, I feel like we're gonna probably talk about Rogue One to death. So I don't want to go too overboard with it but <laughs> a star <laughs> wars story about starfighters about okay so the, the the thing is they're like they're getting the plans to this death arm what do we know about that we just know a lot of bothans died i really feel like it's gonna blow our socks off and, and i don't know much about the film i've tried to keep myself kind of distant from it but i think i do feel like it's gonna be a good christmas guys well this is my worry right and and don't get me wrong. I'm a, obviously, obviously, I'm a huge Star Wars enthusiast. I mean, love everything Star Wars. But is it gonna get downplayed, right, with the new trilogy and the episode, you know, episode episode eight coming out? Episode, I'm sorry, episode seven coming out. Is it gonna get downplayed because of you know because of Star Wars coming out? I, I don't know. I don't know. Is it gonna take a back seat? It, it may. It may take a back seat. It may not make the same. It may not break the records like Star Wars Awakens did. But but at the same time it might I'm not really I don't really judge movies by their sales honestly I'm I'm very excited to see a live action Star Wars film that takes place between you know big events not even on film but in my life like I want to know how that how that story happened I'm very mm-hmm. interested in it and, and we don't have a lot of in, in the Star Wars universe other than you know books and, and, and comics and things like that we don't really have a great example to pair off of something that's not Jedi centric when it relates to right. Star Wars or not Skywalker centric like this it, is the right. first live action big feature film that isn't the Skywalker saga so they, mean, it kind of has to be great or the whole I, idea is messed up I mean up. I can think of a few games in my head right of video games that were not Jedi centric and they didn't fare so well, to be honest, um, as far as sales are concerned. Nor did um, I care about it. Nor did you care, right? Because the, the Jedi not being in there, it's almost like, why is this called Star Wars? Right, and why I think I've I... said, I really do feel like I've said before in a, in a podcast that I want there to be that light light side, dark side dichotomy somewhere in there. Otherwise, it does, I think it's Otherwise, the Star Wars feel just dies, and it's, right. it's almost like just call this space wars we'll you know, who, ca- who cares you know yeah i agree it's it's gonna be exciting hey to see. how do you feel about star trek beyond any any interest in star trek i was never a star trek fan right and i did i have seen the movies and i've gone on you know gone on with the with the saga um i guess the only thing that i could say i'm interested in is just to see how they keep furthering the story right how, how do you keep you can't really keep going somewhere you know it kind of dies at some point to me and, I, and if they can keep the story alive you know, I'm interested to see how they can. I guess that's seen, the best I could say. Have you seen Star the Trek last two? Never dies. Exactly, oh, blue. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Uh, so, have you seen the last two <laughs> Star Trek films? Yes, I, I've seen them. Did you like them? 
I'm indifferent, I guess. You know, as being such a, an avid Star Wars fan, right? Uh, Star Trek always takes a second second backseat to me, and, and and it always will, no matter what. And I I don't get overly excited. I'm not like, woo, Star Trek's coming out. And and I don't. At the same time, I'm not like, ugh, Star Trek. I'm just I don't really care. You know what I mean? Are you gonna bust out your loincloth and go see Legend of Tarzan? Well, I mean, who doesn't, right? Who's not going to be I mean, I have a daughter, so of course so we're going to go um, see I'm a little bit excited about Legend of Tarzan. Jason Bourne comes out this summer. Ghostbusters comes out this summer. This is a really, really good year for movies. Well, I mean, uh, we, could touch, we could touch quickly on Ghostbusters, right? I mean, and with an all-female cast, that's pretty interesting, right? And it's not even, not just all-female. It's some funny chicks. Right. As like I, Kristen Wiig. There's not much she can do that doesn't make me laugh. So in that line of thought why do you think they keep bringing back old movies like ghostbusters and independence day and zoolander well to me it's simple they sell right they've proven in the past that they make money right and people want to see these things again right it's the same exact reason you're seeing star wars come up again right because star wars was a freaking hit and people loved it and when it was gone they missed it right so these producers and these filmmakers they know that once they bring these movies back from the grave so to speak they're going to be hits because people were wanting for so long to see this, these films remade. It's a gamble. I mean, it really is a gamble, though, because these these films are – no, no. These, these intellectual properties, the reason I think that there's so much hype around them is because of nostalgia. Nostalgia is this, this feeling that, you know, life has gotten hard for me now, but I remember back in the day and things were great. Man, I Dream of Genie made me feel good, right? So, so if you can connect – Of course, that makes I, me feel good. <laughs> my, if you can connect my I Dream of Genie feeling to my today – then I'm going to feel good. So it's all about playing on people's nostalgia. The problem with that is if you take someone's baby and you rip the head off of it, uh, I'm looking at you, Transformers. I'm looking at you, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> then people get pissed, and it, and it doesn't pan out the way you hope it does. So far, so, so my nostalgia has been Star Trek, right, because I've been a trek, Trekker since I've been little. I feel like J.J. Just has done a great job with it. I, Beyond, I'm a little nervous about because he's not there. Um, and it, it could take a turn. I don't know. But, but to me, that's that's why old films uh, circle back around. Because people want to feel how they felt when they were little. Well, and maybe so. Maybe that is the reason that the people want to feel like they were when they were little. But if you think big picture, if I'm a producer and I'm a movie filmmaker, I don't give. I don't care if this makes you relate to something. that I don't Because I don't even know you as a one person. I'm thinking as a general idea for me, right? I want to make money, right? And I know that in the past, these things have made me money. So if I spring them back up again, what are they going to do? They're going to make me money. They're going to sell. Because at the very least, even if you come to the theater and you completely hate the film, what would you do? You spent 20 bucks to come see it. Yeah, I mean, yes, that that's very cynical of you to say, for Christ's sake. We're <laughs> I'm talking about, we're but talking this about is, a This is cynical America you live in. I mean, yes, I'm not going to argue against your point. You're right. But I don't think that that's the – I really do feel like there are filmmakers out there who are making films because they love the stuff too. When you hear J.J. Abrams talk about Star Wars, he didn't come into that thinking, um, I'm going to be a capitalist and create – and rip, rip people's childhood memories away and create something. He loved Star Wars. He created it because he wanted to continue that story and to be a part of it. I really do think there's a lot of filmmakers out there who aren't just about – maybe the studio heads, like the suits – they're 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 kind of you know vying for these properties so that they can further a franchise and make a buck off of it. But I feel like the artists, 
the the directors, the actors, the writers, they really do have a, uh, an emotional vested interest in in making these stories continue. Well, I, I, I don't disagree with that. I think that they do love the movie, right? And that's fine. But at the end of the day, whether they love it, they don't love it, and whether you love it or you love it, it doesn't matter. They're still getting their paycheck. And that's what, the, that's what it all comes down to. Now, you may be right. They did go into it with the intention of, hey, I loved Star Wars. I loved, you know, Independence Day or Ghostbusters when I was a kid. It'd be awesome to do a movie like that. But at the end of the day, we're all out here trying to get a dollar. And that's what they're that, trying to do. But they have to come at it with love or it'll blow up in your face. Like Just like you said, Green Lantern, look what happened. Oh, yeah. Green Lantern was terrible. I mean, don't get me wrong. Don't get me started on Green Lantern. So I'm going to okay. butt in here. And, go. Uh, oh, Mullen just go. poked me from the booth, and he said he's very disappointed in both of you for not mentioning Warcraft. Okay, so okay, we're gonna, okay, so and to, just like just a little quick insight on Warcraft, right? The Knights of Sokin um, has recently restarted their guild in World of Warcraft. Woot woot woot. woot. And this we is my are, first time, really. We, yeah, me too. And we are having a freaking blast. Um, it has been outstanding. I know I'm taking, I'm, I'm dominating this one, Jace, but I'm, I'm only dominating it because I myself <laughs> have been enjoying the crap out of it. Um, the game itself, the actual gameplay of World of Warcraft is so far above and beyond any MMO that I've ever played. And this movie has got me so excited. So excited. Golly, you sound like you need to go sit down for a minute. I might need to take a breath or two. You know? <laughs> I'm going to take, take a tenor, right? I'm going to chill and let you take over. I, I have been... Uh, okay, so my relationship with Warcraft in general is a little different than most people. I, I loved the RTSs back in the day. I played Warcraft, Warcraft 2, Warcraft 3. That was my love affair with Warcraft. When World of Warcraft came out, I had a real bitterness in my heart towards it, so I never touched it. I've leveled a character maybe to level 30 tops. And World of Warcraft, just the art direction, the fact that it took away from other games that I loved, I wasn't excited about it. All that said, when I look at the, the film... I feel like it's taking me personally back to that original RTS feeling, those stories, the original stories of Warcraft, mm. and that does excite me. What Warcraft was supposed to be. Right, right, right. You know, and and I'm, I'm not a hater. I don't hate the game. Obviously, I'm playing right now. I have a boosted character. I'm in the so Knights of Sokin in World of Warcraft. I'm excited about that. But completely separate from the MMO, this movie looks like it's going to be really fun to watch. All right. And we're going to move on to our next segment enjoying today's show interested in joining the knights of sokin if these apply to you please visit us at www.knightsofsokin.com and click the apply button above also feel free to send a comment our way on twitter at knights of sokin as well as facebook at facebook.com slash knights of sokin now back to our show Light side and dark side, two sides of a cosmic tug of war battling for supremacy through the entire Star Wars universe, books, movies, comics, and everything in between. When we think about our favorite characters, more often than not, they are the Jedi Masters and the Sith Lords, the people using this mystical power that flows through everything in this universe. So, which side produces the most powerful characters? Here to discuss this are our special guest, Solidia, the dark regent of the Lords of Soken. Hi, everybody. And we have Chermrith, counselor in the Knights of Soken. Hello. So, which side does produce the most powerful characters? Uh, I would like to start it off with simply, uh, a known fact is one of the best characters of all time in the Star Wars universe is Yoda, uh, Jedi Master. 
Consul, uh, Jedi Master and a Council Member of the Late Jedi Order. Um, and I would also like to back all of these claims up with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, and just a number of Plo Koon, all of these great characters. Some of the strongest Force users ever seen. And it, it, there really is no match. Jedi and Light Side produce some of the strongest Force users of all time. Can't be disputed. I mean, yeah, sure. Those are, those are a couple of good examples. But, you know... Those just that's the that's the surface that everybody knows. Every basic Star Wars fan is aware of those. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure Blue and Case can talk you through Vader and some of the obvious Sith that everybody know right, knows, right? But I mean, that's you're, you're, you're not even scratching the surface. There's so much more to be talked about. I mean, yeah, we could be talking about the ancient Sith like Grouch, who um, created a crystal and had four zombies. So. I would also like to back up my claim of all the greatest Sith Lords have been former Jedi except for Bane. Revan. But what did they end up being? Sith Lords. This is true, but the <laughs> most they were always the most powerful were originally Jedi. They Jedi have a better grasp and understanding of the Force than the Sith. Their connection to it is also... It, it's just stronger. Arkajeth, Master Udbinar, Odon Ur... Some of the greatest masters of complicated abilities like battle meditation, the ability to reach out and connect with other people and assist and turn the tide of massive battles and even wars. The Jedi. Jedi but, training. But you have to remember, you say that the most powerful Sith come from Jedi, but they fell to the dark side. I think you have to define power. What does it mean to be powerful? Was it really a victory when Darth Vader struck down Obi-Wan Kenobi on the Death Star? Who won that duel? Who who ended up with the most power, with most influence? I would argue it's Obi-Wan, even though he was struck down in the moment. Absolutely. So what is when, when you consider power, you often think of well, who's the most victorious, who's the best with a saber, who's the, who's the one that can put the most smack down. I think that Jedi have the corner on on true power which is maintaining what we consider as doctrine as the the true balance of the force what how the the purity of the force is taught in the jedi order whereas we would argue that it's a perversion what the sith use and and the perversion is never as strong as the the real deal i mean look at diet yeah of, well of course Jason. <laughs> and that's that's speaking from a sheer light side point of view and, and and i and i get where you're coming from but let me let me open the kind of topic up for further conversation and i'll, and I'll go uh, direct this question for blue and katis here but why don't you guys give me some some examples of what a downside to being a dark sider is and just a few of them if you could think off the top of your head i mean i mean i'm sure you guys got something in there a downside yeah any downside you could think of one big downside that is actually an advantage for the Jedi is that with healing powers and lore, Sith can't heal the way Jedi heal. It's not permanent. It never stays. So you use your power to heal, and then two hours later, the wound will fall apart again. So that's a disadvantage. Um, somebody, I think it was Jace, said that it's, it's a perversion, and it is a perversion. But through that perversion, you draw on a huge well of power and forcing this, this forcing the force to bend to your will. And that is very powerful. You powerful have to be powerful. Cost? Well, it doesn't matter to a Sith. I mean, I think it matters to a Sith. Absolutely. You're making the yourself the weaker pursuit, over time. The pursuit of power is what the Sith want. They don't, you know, the cost but, is but, worth but, it. But, but power that would 
essentially better their strength and their position, right? Not just power in general. They suit right. for, they suit for power only, but only power that would strengthen their position of authority, not necessarily power right, in general. It gives them an advantage. Oh, okay, now see now that makes a little bit more sense to me. I don't. I, I have a. I would go from the position that the Sith don't really understand power for all their posturing, for all their platitudes about strength and dominance and conquest. They really don't understand what it is to mean. Be, to be powerful, and I take back to the uh, to the moment that I brought up before. Obi Wan said, "If you strike me down, that's the beginning of the. If you defeat me, then I will become more powerful than you can ever imagine." I, Vader did not uh, did not understand that. I don't think that the Sith really have an understanding. I mean, probably maybe here and there, Vitiate maybe gets it, but there is the power is the Force. The, the power is not the Force user. Wait, and the counter argument to what Jace is saying is. Maybe maybe Obi Wan didn't understand what Vader was saying, right? And that's the counter argument. You know, you could say you could sway that either way. Perhaps neither of them really understood the phrase that Vader the, that Vader came with. I mean, there's you could always I go don't with see, that. you could, but the outcome. I don't see how it. it's power if you're in constant need and hunger. Because at the end of the day, when we look at the dark side, it's uh, like said before a perversion. And the entire basis of it is it's this hunger and this constant need for more. And in my opinion, it doesn't that that's not power to me. That's weakness and that's showing and that's they're embracing all of that. They're not embracing they say it's true power, but it's really just a weakness that's eventually in the end destroying them. That's a good point. He makes a good point. So I'll, I'll flip the question now. I'll, I'll turn it to Chairman Jay. So what would you guys say are a couple of downsides about being a light sider? It's hard. It's very hard to maintain balance um, I, because of the humanity of the Jedi, and I say humanity loosely considering they come from every alien species you can, you can imagine. It is difficult to keep your feelings and emotions in check. And, and so to maintain that, that connection to the force that is pure, that is without the self, that is empty of your own agenda, it, it's, it's a constant effort of being, of emptying the thing that makes you you which is kind of what being a Jedi is all about. And that's that becomes a liability because if you ever fall to it, then what next? You start falling to the dark side and temptation and, you know, the four stages starts. The light always is behind in aspects. It's in a number of points. We constantly see that it takes time for the light side to it, it takes time to act. And a lot of a majority of the time when we don't take the road as quickly for uh, as the dark side does, it's very—it's a reactionary uh, force, and at times it does leave us exposed. And it's been proven throughout lore and history, and that's what has led to the fall of you know a number of organizations and the Jedi. It, it's very—it's not as uh, quick and fast as it's, it should be, and it messes us up in the end. So what I'm hearing from the guys here is that it's a—it's very easy for a Jedi to to become a Sith if, if they wanted to, right? So, uh, ladies, do you have any rebuttal to that? Well, I mean, it's true. Falling to the dark side is easy. Um, it's hard to be a Jedi. It's easier... I wouldn't say it's easy to be a Sith, but being a Sith is a lot wider in terms of what a Sith is than being a Jedi. Our, our philosophy is not nearly as strict. All we care about is if you're strong enough to take the power, and are you strong enough to hold power? The conflict is is external, kind of, mm -hmm. with the Sith. The conflict is really internal with the Jedi. You're warring with yourself a lot of the times until you find that true enlightenment. Whereas, for a Sith, the you're you're kind of vying against each other for conquest. At least that's my take. Vying no. your very nature. No, you're it, it, Jedi. To me, are constantly fighting 
their emotions where Sith use them. And I, I can agree with that for certain points and for certain uh, aspects of Jedi. And it's very difficult for a real – it's very difficult for someone coming into the Order and you know trying to progress to that stage. It's very difficult to, to you know battle with your very nature, your, your raw emotions, all of that. It, and that's what leads to a lot of our young members falling. And I'll agree to that. But once you progress to a stage of true enlightenment, like Jay said, it just becomes easier. See, we've, and we've talked here – about numerous characters you know uh, Darth Vader Obi-Wan these are just a few of the most powerful Jedi, Jedi and Sith you know of their faction obviously that have been with us for so long you know since the first movie released back in 1977 I mean Jesus that was so long ago now it seems um, let, let's talk about it I mean but of those two groups I mean Jedi Master and Sith Lord that's been the two biggest groups and biggest names in Star Wars history but I mean the argument would be which one produces the most powerful characters I mean guys what do you think Jedi by far uh, we start off and you see this understanding and we really nurture and uh, appreciate and it's this constant state of building up this core understanding of the force, core understanding of philosophies and ways to flow with the force as to make yourself become a true conduit of it. Uh, in cases like that, it just proves that some of the greatest force users in the history of Star Wars and all of the lore, they're usually Jedi. They have a greater understanding in the end, and that's just, it's always going to come on top with Jedi. But I think what you're missing is that even though Darth Vader started out as a Jedi and several of the more powerful, most powerful Sith Lords started out as a Jedi, they are not Jedi anymore. They are Sith. You don't get to take credit for them anymore. So I would have to say the dark side because they, the dark side is so insidious. It crawls into you and it makes you want things that overrides these years and years and decades of training where you know what you're doing is wrong, but you want it, so you do it anyway. Oh, God, the way she's saying that is so hot. <laughs> <laughs> but so, I mean, so it's tell true me. because it crawls in. like It, it becomes part of you, and it, unless you are... It's addicting. It's a it's a drug. It's addicting, and yes, and once you taste it, it gets you. Addiction and that is diminishes. where the dark side's real Boy. power is, and no. that's why you don't get it's credit for Darth Vader no. anymore. Addiction is powerful, but it takes away power from the user because it stops being the will of the user. It becomes the addiction that becomes in control. And I would agree with you. I do think the dark side is like an addiction. It's like an oily filth that it's hard to wash off. But at what point? Does the user of the force lose their own power in favor of what appears to be this like synthetic power? Um, everything Sith is pretty synthetic. Like that's even portrayed in the movies. Like the more Sith you become, the less human you look. You gain more robotic. You gain more droid parts. Uh, even Sith crystals are synthetic crystals. It's not about a natural state. It's about losing your natural state in favor of something else. Um, in in lieu of something else. To me, that is a weakening of the individual, not a strengthening. It truly is. And you know, look at some notable characters from you know Kotor and Kotor Two. You you see Darth Sion. And just Darth Nihilus, their entire being is consumed by the dark side, and it's their weakness in the end. And that's what is going to ultimately destroy them. When you are with, when you have the light side, it, it, you really have no such weakness. 
And like Jay said, it just washes away. And it, it doesn't wash away easily the addiction, but it washes away your own personal power. And you don't become you, – you lose yourself. You become an abomination. And in the end, abominations are always weaker. You know, I got a quote here from Mace, Wind, Mace Windu. The dark side, powerful it is, but quickly does it burn out. I think that kind of sums out sums up what Jason and Trim were trying to put out. So we'll, we'll kind of move on quickly in, in, in the sake of time here. So we'll move on. And I'll ask you guys this question now. And just put your bias aside. This is more of a general question. And I'll go with the, the ladies first. Which which is better? Or rather, which one do you prefer? The light or the dark? Dark side. I prefer the dark side. Light side, of course. I light mean, side, so, best side. <laughs> so side, so best the ladies side. say dark. I mean, but for, for what? What's the, What reasoning would you say that you prefer the dark over the light? Well, personally speaking, it's been my perception that on the dark side, you have a lot more freedom with your character and your role play. You can get into relationships. You can manipulate people. You can use people. You can make them need you. Um, you use violence and, and your strength both physical, mental, and in the force to get your way. And that is so fun. You know, I'm not an evil person in real life. I, 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 I'm not. But it's fun to play one on TV. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes it. But Trim, Trim, Jace, what do you guys think? What, what's better? Which one? I mean, the light side? Light what? side, of course. And it comes from the fact that uh, firm belief in structure, discipline, will always prove strength and it will always lead to a greater power that will bring in the end peace for everyone and it's it's more of the aspect and the the philosophy and the the belief of connection between all beings and this this idea that we're all connected and there's this there's this excellent uh, bond between all of us and it's it's naturally a very uh, supportive force you know and that's something in the end of, in my mind that creates life it binds life like like yoda said in empire strikes back it's all around us it, it penetrates us we're luminous beings that just seems amazing to me and it seems like something i love to be a part of and i i it just it, it's awesome space hippie <laughs> it's true though it, it is space hippie i will say this Darksiders have much sexier powers. I mean, uh -huh. shooting, shooting lightning out of your fingertips, that's way sexier than waving your finger in these aren't the George. This is more flashy, right? That's the way I yeah. feel about it. Way the dark side, The dark side presents a much flashier, I don't know, presence than the light side, I guess you could say. You know, you guys I mean, are electric all... electric judgment, but... <laughs> you guys are all leaders here within your own, within your own community, so I, I'm going to kind of close the conversation, the debate, more or less, with this question. Uh, you know, as our, as our guilds continue to grow... Um, on a, you know, are we going to see more cross-faction RP between the Lords and the Knights? Maybe even on a bigger scale. Um, what do you guys think? Definitely. Oh, yeah. absolutely. We're, we're actually working on several um, story arcs right now. I hope so. I mm -hmm. hope that eventually we get to the to a place where it's almost it's almost one story. I know that right now we have a lot of different stories everywhere throughout the guild, and that's great. And I think that's how come we are so successful. One of the reasons, but it would be really cool if we had an overall campaign of knights and lords where actual dynamic, meaningful things would happen between the two guilds. I, I really would love to see that happen long term. Oh, absolutely. And if uh, there's one thing, if you ask 
any of the masters pub side and it, just anyone in KOS it's it's usually this entire everyone is trying to push for this cross spec and we really enjoy it and we love it and it's just it's been ingrained in the Knights of Socon you know nature of this we have this at our advantage and we want to manipulate it we want to use it so we can create excellent RP for the community and it's something that we are all working towards I think Trim seems more like a Sith in real life than a Jedi. I mean, I can't disagree with that. I mean, there's a lot of things that would elude you to believe it. But, you know, hey, I, we, uh, we want to thank Cadis and Trim for stopping by and joining us with the debate. Um, we really appreciate having you guys on. I know the, the viewers love to hear you guys' input. Um, so that's 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 going to close out for this one. But thanks for thanks for showing up, you guys. Thanks for having thank you. All right, guys, coming up next, Jason Blue with a KOS and LS update. And for our community update, the Lords of Soken have been very busy this past month. We've started our rotating council seat events. Anyone Lord Rank or higher can scheme, schmooze, and plot throughout the month to gain followers and friends. Um, and the first winner was Lord Arcantha. Congratulations. Um, this next week, we have 33 events on the Lord's calendar including a weekly story mode operation on Saturday. So if you want to do a nice, relaxed story mode with the Lords on Saturday, come join us. And congratulations to all of the new Lords this month. Following up on that, I have to give a big shout-out to Silois Vistus, um, not only for becoming Master, but also becoming Master Sentinel, joining the likes of Yosef and Mirror Maker as the leader of the Knights of Soken Umbrellas, uh, Specialization Umbrellas. And a big shout-out to all of the promotions. We've had some, some nightings happening throughout the last several weeks. A lot of people have been paired up as Padawans. We've got, uh, we've got people like Tanazra, who uh, has become a master. Super excited about um, seeing him rise up to the... Shut up, dogs. You don't like Tanazra. I like Tanazra. My dogs don't. Um, <laughs> rise up to join us in the in the ranks of junior officer in the guild. Um, reminder that we've got academy going on throughout the week. Over 40 events happening on the Knights calendar. How many events y'all have on y'all's calendar, Blue? 33. 33? Uh, For the next week. Yeah, we just have a little bit more than that. We have about 42, so sorry about that. Just Check out the specializations. <laughs> so if it was light side against dark side in that way, then we would win because we have oh. a little bit more. We so. always win. We always win. Yeah, but you guys don't have the rotating council seat events. Just saying. That's okay. We have the best specializations and the best RP in on the server. It's really good RP. If you want RP, come RP with us. Don't forget, uh, coming up soon is the uh, Knights of Soken Spec Field Day on Tython. Stand by to uh, come out and check out all of our specializations. If you're on Tython just hanging out, uh, feel free to pop in and see what's up. I do want to point out as well that the Knights of Soken are are moving our timeline forward into the era of the Zakul um, Empire. The, the Lords of Soken started out there, so they're already up to date. They're moving right along. We're getting up to speed in the night, so coming up very shortly, we are going to be a part of that era as well. So hang on to your hang on to your butts. I don't want to hang on to my butt. You hang on to your butt. I'll hang on to your butt. <laughs> and on that note, for Roz Winters, Jay Streisand, and myself, thank you all so much for listening. Stay classy, Soken. Thanks for tuning in to the Knights of Soken podcast. Please click the subscribe button below and follow us on Twitter at Knights of Soken. And look us up on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Knights of Soken.